You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. Our risen Savior sits on a throne. And that throne is called the throne of grace. So let's take our Bible and let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4 as we continue our series on suffering. While you're turning there, Jim just came up to me and an additional $15,000 came in for Faith Promise. So that puts us up to 212000 $895.88 committed to missions in this next year. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I've entitled the message this morning, Surviving Suffering by Accessing the Throne of Grace. Surviving suffering. We've been now seven weeks looking at the doctrine, the teaching on suffering in the Word of God. Today we're going to learn how to survive it by accessing that throne upon which our Savior sits, the throne of grace. As I was preparing this message for today, I begin to think back over all of my years, and I cannot remember ever, I remember it's almost 40 years of preaching, I can't ever remember preaching a message specifically on the throne of grace. As important as the throne of grace is, and how it sustains us during times of suffering, I was ashamed. <laughs> that I have never dedicated an entire message to this subject. So today we will. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's why we become so convicted when we read the Word of God and we hear it preached. It pierces our hearts. Verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. Listen, he knows everything you do. He sees everywhere that you go. He knows every thought that you think. If that won't sober you up, I don't know what will. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked. You can't hide from God. All things are naked and open unto the eyes of him. Now notice this statement, with whom we have to do. One day we will stand before his throne, the judgment seat, and give an account of the things that we have done, whether they be good or bad, with whom we have to do. Every single one of us here one day will give an account of ourselves to Jesus. Now verse 14. Seeing then, taking all these things into account, 
Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly with confidence. Let us come boldly with confidence under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of what, church? In time of need. And we will all be in need at some time in our lives. Let's pray, shall we? And uh, ask the Lord to bless our preaching here this morning. Uh, Doug Ravy, would you pray for us, please? Remember, our goal in this series of messages is to really develop a biblical view of suffering. Why does a good God allow suffering, trials, and adversity, and hardship to come into our lives? In the first message, I said this is the seventh message. In the first message, we saw that we need to look past the present on into the future, get our focus off of the temporal, and on to the what? on to the eternal when it comes to dealing with suffering. In our second message, we saw uh, that we need to think right when we face suffering in our lives. We need to bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. We need to gird up the loins of our mind. In our third message, we talked about 10 reasons, answering the question, why? 10 reasons why, God, allow suffering to come into our lives. In our fourth message, we saw that when everything seems to be going wrong, remember this, God is still for you. Now what David said, everything is going wrong in his life, but he said, God is still for me. In our fifth message, we learned that when all hope seems to be gone, keep on what? Keep on hoping. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. For he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. When all hope seems to be gone, don't ever stop hoping. In our sixth message, which obviously was last week, we saw what do we do when we're feeling distressed and overwhelmed by the trials of life? How many remember, what do we do? Wow, that was an effective message, I can tell. What do we do? We encourage ourselves in the Lord our God as David did. Now today, surviving suffering by accessing the grace of God. You know what? I could have preached last week's message again and only two of you would have known any difference. You believe I spent all that time this week preparing this message and I could have just preached the other one. Let's do a little bit, bit of background. 
Folks say you always got to take the scripture in context. So I always try to do that. Let's do a little bit of background to this passage of scripture that we find ourselves in. In the 21 New Testament epistles, 21 letters, inspired letters, given by God to men to be given either to churches or individuals, they are full, those epistles are full of doctrine, they're full of advice, they're full of instructions to the early Christians. And they are for us today as well, right? The things that were written beforehand were written there for our learning, they're for us as well. Much of the New Testament epistles were written to encourage believers, to encourage believers who are undergoing tremendous, tremendous suffering, trials and adversities in their lives. Much of the suffering that the early church was experiencing and individuals to whom these epistles were written, much of the suffering was because of their faith in Christ. But they were also experiencing, if you study the New Testament at all, you will find out they were also experiencing economic issues. They were experiencing health issues. They were experiencing marriage issues. They were experiencing relational issues. Every issue that they experienced are the same issues that we deal with today. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God will, with that temptation, make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. One of the ways to escape that is through the throne of grace. We go to the throne of grace to escape the sufferings, trials, and temptations that go along with them. Escape to the throne. If you can just kind of concentrate on that little phrase, escape to the throne. When trials come, escape to the throne. When suffering comes, escape to the throne. When adversity hits your life, escape to the throne. When hardships come upon you, escape to the throne where we can find grace to help in our time of need. So I was studying this passage of Scripture and the context around it and the context of the whole of the New Testament I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to survey all of the New Testament. I did that this week. And as I surveyed all of the epistles in the New Testament, you know, I could not find one epistle, one letter that was written to individuals or churches. Girls, I've seen you talking back and forth, back and forth several times, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't, either one of you don't have any idea what I'm preaching on right now. There's no way you could. So I want you to listen to preacher, Okay. But I could not find one, one epistle where suffering wasn't addressed in one way or the other. Now that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, in this world ye may have tribulation. Now what did he say? In this world ye shall. No escaping it. Ye shall have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. Peter said this, beloved, think it not strange. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. It's not strange as God's people to go through times of suffering and adversity. 
Peter went on to say concerning the devil, he said, whom resists steadfast. And I'll tell you that I know that this is true. That when suffering comes into our life, which will in all of our lives, when trials come, adversity comes, hardship comes, Satan will try to take an advantage of us. The Bible says, don't let him take an advantage of you, being ignorant of his devices. When we are weak, he will attack. He is a roaring lion. What does the pride of lions attack? They attack the weak. And trials, suffering, adversity, and even when they go on for a long period of time, they can beat you down. So we need to be extra aware. Uh, Larry and I were talking about this just the other day, just uh, as he was preparing to head to Texas. How that he has really felt that, you know, as he's gone through this trial, that Satan has seen the trial that he's going through and has attacked in so many ways. And I said, Larry, you journal. What I encouraged Larry to do, I said, Larry, you, and you journal this journey that you're on. Because once you come through it, God's going to use you in such an amazing way to help others. I'm going to talk about that today. But it says, whom resists, resists the devil steadfast. See, when you're weak, you have a tendency not to be steadfast. The, this, the only way to remain steadfast is to access the throne of grace. It's the only way. Whom resists steadfast in your faith, knowing that these same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, but the God of all grace. Grace, grace, grace. In the Philippines, they have a very common, you never really hear it around here, but they have a very common expression that when you meet each other, they will say this, this is true, by the grace of God. The Filipinos say it all the time, by the grace of God. See you tomorrow, by the grace of God. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, but by the grace of God. They are always referring to the grace of God, which is received from the throne of grace. You know, a lot of times I don't think that's in our Christian vocabulary because we don't need him so much. Let me ask you, when was the last time you had nowhere, no one to turn to, and you accessed the grace of that comes from his throne. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or the sword? No. Think about it. Nothing can separate you from Christ and his love. For I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? For I am persuaded that neither death, neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height. Do you ever worry about things to come? Come on now. I'm a little bit worried about the Biden administration, especially when I see the agenda that they're putting in place to bring to our country. I get a little bit worried. I'll be honest with you. Go to the throne. 
You know, I don't think God's worried one bit about the Biden administration. I am persuaded that neither death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God, he's in control of our lives. When things go bad, we have a place to go. We have a place to go and we have someone to go to. That we may come boldly, that we may come with confidence before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in our time of need. As I've been studying suffering, I've been kind of breaking it down into various categories, and there's eight categories that I found that refers to suffering in the Bible. One is fiery trials. Fiery trials. Remember Paul said, am I not burned? So he listed the trials that he went through in life. This is intense suffering. I'm going to tell you, this is what Larry, Dee Dee, and Ruth Ann are going through right now. And Pastor Bruce. And Helen. And Mary. And others. Fiery trials. Infirmities. Physical limitations and illness. Well, be aw- My phone, I kid you not, was blowing up this morning. Ding, ding, ding. You know what all the dings were? Not going to be in church today. The family's sick, not feeling well. Infirmities. Reproaches. Being ridiculed and rejected because of your faith in Christ. Persecution. Harassment. Opposition because of your biblical convictions. Necessities, the wear, the weight, the care of daily responsibilities. Distress, tremendous disappointment, deep hurts. Tribulation, extreme pressure, challenges that we have to face in life. And then temptations. Remember that with every trial comes a what? Temptation. A temptation which are opportunities to yield to sin instead of submitting to God. So when we're experiencing any of these eight, listen, you know what we need? We need what the Bible calls consolation. We need to be consoled. Every one of us here have gone through difficult times in our lives when we needed to be consoled. 2 Corinthians 1.5 says this, For as the sufferings of Christ abound... They abound in us, listen, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. When we're going through suffering, we have Christ's consolation available to us from the throne of grace. Now, are you all still with me today? Consolation, that's a word we don't use. 
Matter of fact, as I said that, probably some of the younger ones here in the church went, no idea what that is. Consolation means to comfort. When we're going through difficult times, we need some comfort, don't we? Give me an amen. amen. We need someone to show compassion on us. We need someone to pity us, someone to show us some sympathy. That's what it means to console. You know where our greatest consolation will come from? It'll come from the Lord. It'll come from going to his throne. He can console us more than any other person possibly could console us. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, and all the saints which are in a K.I. grace. Isn't it amazing how many times in the opening of the epistles the word grace is there? It's like the greeting. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulations. Now listen to this. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort with we ourselves are comforted of God. So as God comforts us, as he consoles us, as we go through difficult times, we take that consolation and we console others. Think about this. Those who have never been through cancer have no idea what it's like. Those who have never been through a divorce have no idea what it's like. Those who have never been through a loss of, jo of a job where they don't know if they can pay their bills, they, they have no idea what it's like. But as God has consoled you during those times, then we are to take that consolation and we're to console others that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort with we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, afflicted, it is, it is for your consolation. I have been afflicted in my life so I could help others who go through affliction. Isn't that amazing? You will have compassion on them. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation, which is the effectual and, endure, and enduring of the same suffering, sufferings which we also suffer, and whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation. And your hope is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, the sufferings of this life, so shall ye be also of the consolation. If you're one of God's people, God promises that he will console you if you will go to his throne, which is a throne of what? you will find mercy and grace to help in your time of need. He will console you as you go to his throne. Then what are you to do with the consolation that the Lord has given you? Hello, what are you to do? You are then to console others. 
You are then to look for opportunities. That's why the local church is so important. Because in a good local church where there's that mutual love one for another, people are going to see other people that are hurting and they're going to go to them and they're going to love them and embrace them and encourage them and comfort them and have a little bit of sympathy upon them and a little bit of pity for them and it's going to help them. How many have ever had someone come and say, I know what you're going through, brother. I know what you're going through, sister. And they really know. There's a difference between saying, I mean, I, I cannot go up, for example, Mike, remember all those years you were without a job? I can't, go up to, I can't go up to Brother Mike and say, Brother Mike, I understand what you're going through. Mm. He's like, you have no idea what I'm going through. I can't go up to Joe here. Mm. All those years you were on dialysis. Your arms all swollen up. Your wife and I talking about your funeral. Mm -hmm. What she was going to do. I have no idea. I can't go up to Joe and say, hey, I know what you're going through. But someone who's gone through the same thing that they have gone through, who has received the consolation from God, can be a tremendous help and support to them in their time of need. I guess I have this question for you. When was the last time you went to the throne of grace? And when was the last time you helped others access the throne of grace? I'm sure many of us are sitting here today and saying, I never have accessed the throne of grace. Maybe that's why you never found grace to help in your time of need. So with the consolation we have received of the Lord, we are to console others. Helping them approach the throne of grace. Or, how about this? Hey, why don't we go to the throne together? Dwayne, I don't know what it's like to be in a wheelchair. Don't know what it's like when you, here a few months ago, were getting into your car and you passed out. Can I tell you something? You're one big guy to try to pick up. <laughs> Remember when you passed out on the floor up here and we all... Wait, I don't, I don't know what that's like. We could go through every... Mary, I don't know what it's like. I guess you got another doctor's appointment to find out where we go from here. I mean, we had a great rejoicing that you're doing so well, but I don't know. But I do know this. I've been through the things in my life that you haven't been through. I think uh, Jim Evans and I are we're, we're pretty good friends. I, I love that man. And being a pastor for as many years as he's been a pastor, and for many years I've been a pastor, we can console one another. 
You have no idea what it's like to, as a pastor, to get a hate letter from someone who you love with all of your heart. You're just like, what? Really? I know what it's like to deal with a sick wife for 12 years. For better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health. Rod, I don't know what it's like to go through what you've been through. Good to see you in church today. Look out here and see those of you who are by yourself because your husband's gone to be with the Lord. Pansy, don't know what it's like to lose a daughter. Chromebox, can't even imagine what it's like to have a son murdered. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded. Have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Be like-minded one towards another. Someone took my Kleenex. Anyone got a Kleenex? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that consolation right there. You know what made the early church so dynamic? It was the love and the consolation that they had for one another. Listen to what it says. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of land or houses sold them. I'm not going to cry that much. Come on. Can you imagine that? When that great economic downturn took place in the early church, those who could, this is what it says, they sold their lands and houses. And brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet, and said, here, make distribution to those who have need. We're not there. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation. Would uh, someone give me that nickname? No. The verse I used last week, if there 
be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded. There's that word again, like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also upon the things of others. That's what you call a spirit of consolation. Went up to Rob today. I said, Rob, how are you doing? He teaches at the local school here. They're not having school. I said, Robert, are you being paid? He said, no. Could I not take the rest of the morning and go down row by row? I like what Peter says. He says, finally... That was in chapter 3, and there's two more chapters to go. <laughs> He's a good Baptist right there. Amen. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one for another. Love as brethren, be pitiful. Be courteous. But whosoever hath this world's goods... And seeth his brother hath need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion. How dwelleth the love of God in him? And some having compassion make a difference. You want to make a difference in this world? You learn how to access the throne of grace. And then look for opportunities to help others access the throne of grace, and console them in the same way that you have been consoled. Mercy is because of the Lord's mercy we are not consoled. Who is it? Is it Dave Ramsey that coined the term better than I deserve? Mercy. God withholding what we deserve. Boy, if we just got what we deserved. Mercy, 265 times. Grace, 165 times. Mercy is God's withholding. Grace is God's bestowing. Finally, my brethren... How many more pages do I have? It's one good thing about preaching the way I do. I can always say, we'll come back to it. Let's end today with the context of this verse. I was talking to Aaron yesterday, and I said, you know, I've always been under the impression, and this is true, that the book of Hebrews is a book about the superiority of Jesus Christ. He's superior to the prophets. He's superior to the priest. He's superior to all the sacrifices. He's superior to 
All the worship that took place in the temple. It was just, he's superior to everything. But the book of Hebrews is also a book, the whole context is suffering. Chapter 10. Listen to this. Listen to this. But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, you were saved. You saw your need of Christ and were saved. It says, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. I thought that's interesting, that word fight. Boy, when you're going through afflictions, you're fighting, aren't you? <laughs> you're fighting on how to get out of it. <laughs> how do I get out of this affliction? He said, you endured a great fight of affliction, partly it's while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and affliction, and partly while she became companions of them that were so used. <clears throat> Think of that. People are just using them. How many of you have ever felt used? Don't you have a tendency to be bitter toward the person when you find out you've been used? You became companions of those that were so used, for ye had compassion on me. Why did they have compassion? We believe it's probably Paul that wrote the book of Hebrews. Why did they have compassion on him? Because they'd been through it. They'd been through it. A great fight of affliction, a gazing stock, reproaches, afflictions, feeling used, for ye had compassion on me and my bonds. This is just an amazing statement. And ye took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. We're not there, church. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them that suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body. The sufferings of Christ in the book of Hebrews. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, I believe that's the heroes of faith, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, the throne of grace. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. Now listen, ye have not yet resisted unto blood. The sufferings of the heroes of faith. This great cloud of witnesses. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The heroes of faith and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. 
moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. We're not there. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. They were destitute, afflicted, and tormented. I like what the Lord says, of whom the world was not worthy. Despised by the world, honored by God. They wandered in the deserts and in the mountains and in the dens and in the caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, in this life received not the promises. But they've received them now. If God brings you to it, say it with me, he'll bring you through it. You know how he does it? Through the throne of grace. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain may obtain, not might obtain, may obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need. When you're suffering, you have a place to go. And you have a person to go to. Let's all help others get there as well. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.